0: For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are still in this series on dating, and dating is hard to do. And what components do we need to go into that process so that we make that process as successful as possible so that we can be the person that God has called us to be in those relationships, whether they work out or not, that we are the ones that are at least adding to that person's life, not detracting. So this week, we are going to really focus on this whole idea of relationship with ourself and this, this, this idea of self-concept and self-esteem, if we are made in God's image, why do we struggle so much with our own self and how we feel about ourself and not feeling good about ourself? Because this is an imperative uh, component to healthy relationships, is how you feel about you, how you relate to you, and what you bring to the relationship and, and how that affects the other person in your life. And I'm sure that many of you have interacted with people that you have recognized had self-worth, self-concept, self-esteem issues. And what comes with that many times is a high degree of fragility or high defensiveness, uh, neediness, maybe inauthenticity, lying, dishonesty, um, all kinds of dysfunctional behaviors that are bolstering up that self-concept or self-esteem. Maybe they're difficult to connect with. Maybe they're not good at encouraging you or being present in the relationship. And so it, it shows us that the important part of relating with another is directly affected by how I relate with myself, how I relate with God. And relating with self, relating with God, that is a lifetime endeavor. But it is one that we can continue to improve and perfect so what is, what is relationship with self? What is that all about? Well, it's how I relate to me. And can I avoid it? Well, people try to avoid relating to themselves. And the most extreme case of avoiding that is, is going to be suicide. Because we really can't get away from ourselves. We're with ourselves 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And so this is this is difficult many times when we're not in good relationship with ourselves, we kind of want to avoid ourselves, get away from ourselves. We hate ourselves, and when you're walking around with that, think about if if you had someone connected to you, the Siamese twin that, that hated you, It was constantly telling you much how much they hated you and and criticizing everything you did, telling you everything that you did wrong, and you couldn't get away from them, and how uncomfortable and stressful and hurtful that would be. And so this presents a dilemma for many of us. We maybe were not taught growing up how to effectively care about ourself, how to appropriately like ourself and love ourselves. And we weren't taught that. Maybe our, our parents did a good job of loving us, but they didn't love themselves. And so through osmosis, through just interacting with them, we learned how to relate to ourselves. By how they related to themselves how they talked about themselves how they felt about themselves how they cared about themselves gave us the whole template for how we care about ourselves. and i'll tell you this this i had this moment uh oh this had to be 20 years ago maybe tw- maybe 25 years ago now and and generally god is very he's very kind to me knows i'm quite sensitive and So he doesn't rebuke me very often. And and if you've ever been rebuked by God, it is not a comfortable experience when you get the real just in your face uh, experience with God. And I got that. And I was reading my Bible and I came upon this verse. It's Romans 920. And it said, and God really took a hold of me because I had had this history with God of complaining about myself telling him all the things I didn't like about myself. Why did you make me like this? Why couldn't I be like this? Why can't I have this? And there was a list, whether it was my personal appearance, whether it was my personality, whether it was the state I lived in, where I was born, what my talents were, what my abilities, whatever it was, I was chronically complaining to God. And one day, through his scriptures, this scripture jumped out at me and just about, nailed me to the wall. That's kind of what it felt like. And it's Romans 920. And it says, who are you, O oh man, to talk back to God and say, why did you make me like this? And essentially, what God was communicating to me was, who do you think you are, Cynthia, talking back to me and, and saying, why did you make me this way? Complaining to me about how I made you. And, and quite frankly, what that conversation ended with was God saying to me, I don't want to hear it anymore. Don't ever complain to me again about who you are. You don't have to like you, but I like you. I made you in the way that I wanted to, and I enjoy you. You don't have to enjoy yourself. You don't have to like yourself, but I don't want to hear any more about it. And it is one of the strongest messages other than how much God loves me that God ever delivered to me. And from that point on, I don't complain to God any longer about myself. And that's been incredibly helpful to my own internal world, I have to tell you. But God very, very, strongly said, I'm done. I don't want to hear it anymore. Stop complaining about how I made you. And he took it one step further as well. that he, You know, frankly, doesn't want to hear me complain about other people either because he made them. And so how do I do this positive relationship with myself? How do I make enemies with myself? I mean, how do I, how do I make friends with myself if I'm an enemy to myself? If I don't like me, if I'm frustrated with me, if I'm disgusted with me, if I don't forgive myself, if I've had it with myself. And not like I told you, I, there have been times in my life I wanted to kind of unzip myself and just get out. And God is requiring peace. That he's wanting me to be at peace with myself. He is willing to be at peace with me. And he's God, and he's perfect. So he's saying, you need to be at peace with you. So if I'm enemies with my, myself, how do I make friends? How do I reconcile myself to myself? Well, how would you do that with someone else? If you were at enmity with another person, what would you do? You'd have to practice forgiveness, for one. You'd have to practice acceptance. You'd have to practice the golden rule, right? You'd have to love your neighbor. And God takes it farther. He says, love your enemy. Well, that's a requirement that God is saying to me. You are needing to love you, even if you are the enemy. You need to reconcile with yourself because I have reconciled with you. You need to love you because I love you. That doesn't mean I like myself all the time. For heaven's sakes, that's not even possible. But it does mean that I have healthy relationship with myself. I'm forgiving. I practice the love chapter with myself. And so if you are in the initial stages of this and you're saying, I hate myself, I can't stand to myself. I don't want to be around myself. Then I want to challenge you and say this to you very, very frankly. If you don't want to be with you, why would someone else want to be with you? See, what we want to do is we want to go outside of ourselves. We want to find someone that likes us so that we end up liking ourselves. It doesn't work that way. If you wouldn't date you, then why would someone else? So it's important that you clean that up, that you get that reconciled. And so some of the beginning stages, if you can't just turn around and love yourself today, then just be nice, be kind, be polite. Treat yourself as well as you would a stranger. Cut down the internal criticism and chatter and talk and accusation and negativity. And just simply say, I'm not doing that anymore. That self-talk has to stop. And that is one thing I can control is how I think I can practice thought stopping. I can ask myself for forgiveness. I can ask God for forgiveness. I can create a healthier internal environment. And so if you're not friends with you, ask yourself, well, what, what qualities do I want in a friend so that I can give those things to myself? So, What would I want from a friend outside of myself? Why why am I not giving that to myself? Because the more that I do that healthy relationship with me, the better I am to do that with others. The more understanding, the more acceptance, the more grace, the more mercy I practice with myself, the more I'm able to give that to other people. I have that more in abundance. So why is it important to have a good relationship with yourself? With God. Well, God first, because without God, we can't have a good one with ourself. So if we want to always be going to the source. We always want to be going back there. That if I'm struggling with relationship with others, if I'm struggling with relationship with myself, the best way to fix it is to fix my relationship with God. Because the more connected I am to God, the more I see God's world through God's eyes. The more connected I am to God, the more connected I am to myself because he lives in me. So when I'm struggling outside of me, I really practice the discipline of it, of dealing with me and God inside of me versus trying to change the external world. So how I relate to me, how I relate to God, is going to be experienced by those people outside and closest to me. And so I want to look at this whole idea of intimacy, sharing my inner world, who I am, what I have to share. And I want to make sure that I know me so that if someone wants to get to know me, I'm introducing them to someone I know. Because many of us in the dating process, we don't know ourselves at all. So we end up finding ourselves or getting to know ourselves through the other person. Now, there's always going to be that element relationally that I get to see parts of myself that I wouldn't otherwise know because I'm with another person. But if that's my primary source is getting to know some getting to know myself only through other people, then I'm blindly going into relationship. So I choose to believe what God says about me and I choose to, to line up my uh, self-criticism or my, my with how God talks to me. And I choose to say to myself, I'm going to treat myself and think toward myself the way that God does. I'm going to take example from Him. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue in this concept of relationship with ourself and how we do that and why. Thank you for joining me again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today we are talking about relationship with self. That whole idea of self-worth, self-concept, how I feel about me, how I relate to me, and how that directly affects how I relate to others. So we are doing this series on dating, and today's topic is making sure that I'm in a good place with me because I am that much better able to be the person I want to be in that relationship with someone else. And I am that much better able to discern whether or not they're a good fit for me. The more connected I am to me, the more that I know me, the better I understand what happens outside of me. The better I'm able to discern. Is it me that needs to change? Is it them that needs to change? Is this a good fit for me? And if, they don't decide to want to be with me, I am that much better able to manage that. I have much more resiliency, much better ego strength when I am connected to me and I care about me and I'm at peace with me because I bring that wherever I go. So how do I cultivate a healthy relationship with myself? Well, if you were in the the first part of this hour, you heard me give this story about uh, about Romans 9.20. And how I related to myself. And how God very strongly corrected me. In terms of how I thought about me. And the complaining I was doing to him about how he made me. So cultivating a healthy relationship with self first starts with acceptance. See, because I can't get away from myself. So I'm needing to reconcile me with me. So that. When I'm in a relationship with others, I bring peace simply because I'm at peace versus bringing unrest and discord because that's what's going on inside of me. Because remember that saying everywhere you go, there you are. I I can't get away from me. I'm with myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I need to be at peace with me. So I can be at peace with me even if I don't like me because I can remind myself I'm in a process of change. I'm in a process of growth. So cultivating a healthy relationship means that if you're enemies with yourself, you need to make friends. So how do you do that? How do you make friends with you? Well, frankly, this is a choice. There are a lot of people that I choose to like. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that maybe they're just different than I am. And some of that may be my own judgment. Some of that may be my own forgiveness. Because I can pretty much get along with anybody if I want to. And most of us as adults can. So what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to at least start out with being a polite stranger to yourself. If you are enemies with yourself, at least start there. How would you treat someone that is visiting for the first time in your house? And how kind would you be? How gracious, how merciful. So if someone comes and visits you, and they're a guest in your home, and they spill kool-aid on the white couch what would you do you would say oh it's okay we'll take care of it don't worry about it right you treat them graciously versus what you might say to yourself if you did that and that's where you want to see what is the difference between how i would treat someone else versus how i would treat myself so the second part is if you don't know yourself then you need to get to know yourself So if you don't know yourself, treat yourself politely, at least as you would treat a stranger. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Be forgiving. Be courteous. Be kind. Be understanding. Practice the love chapter inside of you, that if God is loving you that way, and that's the 1 Corinthians 13 chapter where it says love is patient, love is kind, it's not jealous, it's not envious, it's long-suffering believes the best, hopes the best, doesn't rejoice when bad things happen. When I am accepting that love from God, that he trusts me, that's mind-boggling, that he has long-suffering feelings for me, that he believes the best about me. Well, if the God of the universe feels that way about me, I think it would be appropriate for me to get in line with how he feels about me so that I can also love others in that manner. Because I can't give away something I don't have. So if I'm trying to do those, those gestures of love towards someone, and I don't have it within me, they will quickly find that out. Because I can only fake it for a while. So I need to be having that going on inside of me. So ask yourself, what kind of qualities do you want in a friend? So when you're making friends with yourself, ask yourself, what kind of friend do I want? If I were to pick a friend, what would be the qualities that I would need from them? And people have different qualities that they need in friends. So you want to compare the list you have with how you treat yourself. Do you keep promises to yourself? Are you judgmental? Are you supporting of your attempts at success? Are you kind to yourself when you make mistakes? Do you allow yourself to have a learning process? Do you have a critical voice, a negative voice inside of you all the time, chattering at you? And are you willing to tell that voice, frankly, to shut up? Nobody talks to me that way. And many times you kind of have to take a really aggressive stance inside of yourself. If you've got a lot of negative internal chatter, you may need to get pretty aggressive about stopping that. And taking a stand for yourself, even with yourself. So cultivating that healthy relationship, you want to accept, validate, and honor your feelings. This is a really important area of how we hurt our own feelings. And so I want you to think about this idea. I know this sounds kind of strange as we talk about relationship with self. But this is why we have the me, myself, and I. So if you've ever heard anyone talk about themselves and they say, oh, I hate myself or I hate it when I do that. You understand that we have relationship with ourselves, And a big part of our relationship is how we handle our own feelings. So if you've ever had someone tell you that your feelings are dumb or your feelings are stupid or they minimize your feeling or they invalidate the feeling, you know how that feels. Well, you want to be really careful that you don't do that to yourself. That you don't invalidate your own feelings. That you honor your own feelings. That you don't judge your own feelings. You judge the behaviors and the thoughts that may come from that feeling. But you do not judge the initial feeling. I, I tell clients daily, if you could choose your feelings, you'd be happy all the time. I would love it if I could choose all my own feelings. But my feelings occur. They're just a spontaneous response to the external world, to my own internal world. They're a part of my identity. That's why it hurts so badly when someone dishonors your feeling or invalidates it, minimizes it, judges it, because it's a part of you. It's easier to handle somebody judging a thought I have or an opinion I have, but not my feeling. So when you are working on being that best friend to yourself, you are validating and honoring your own feelings and then you set and maintain healthy boundaries and you work on that reparenting process. How would you take care of a seven-year-old kid if you have a seven-year-old? How do you take care of that seven-year-old, a three-year-old, a 12-year-old? Okay, you are depending on you. How do you take care of you? Are you a good parent to you or are you a dismissive, permissive, or critical parent to yourself? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about the issue of self esteem, self concept. Join me on my website at cynthiahyatt.com and Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. I hear the whispers in my Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and before we start this next segment, I want to encourage you to visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T, just how it sounds, Cynthia Hyatt. And I have all the podcasts of these um, radio shows, so if you didn't get to listen to the first part, you can go right to the website, and they're right on the website. And I also encourage you to um, visit my Facebook page and like my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. for lots of devotionals, uh, inspirational, motivational sayings and and writings. You also can find out where I'm speaking and singing. And I love to be a keynote speaker. So if you have um, an event that you need a speaker for and you think any of these topics would be helpful, you can certainly email me and we can work that out. So as we've been talking about in this whole entire show, is the fact that we are made in the image of God, so why would we have such problems with ourselves? If God loves us so much, if God is pleased with us, even if he's not pleased with all our behaviors, I think that you can relate to that if you have children or pets, that you can be very pleased with them and love them and want them and, and like them and want to be with them and still not always be happy with how they act. Well, if God feels that way about us, why do we have such a problem? So out of all of God's creations, man was to be the being which best displayed God's glorious character. So he was to do this through his intellect, his free will, his emotions. I mean, what, what a privilege. And so we see that through this process, Satan also had that opportunity And he rebelled and consequently was cast from heaven and as a way to deceive him into choosing his own will over God's. That is what Satan is attempting to always do. And so he's attempting to cause us to feel about ourselves in a way that is contrary to God. So we have this enemy of our soul that is constantly attacking us. We already are attacking us our own self. And so we really need to get a handle on this internal world where there can be quite a war going on. And so what happens is the toll of this directly affects our self-worth and our self-esteem. And so we, we start to then struggle with how we view ourselves and how we feel about ourself. And, and this whole process robs us of our true self-worth. And it puts us in this continual search for significance through our success and the approval of others. And so we continually fail to turn to God for the truth about ourselves. Instead, we have this tendency to reason with others and try to find our value and our worth through what they think about us, how they feel about us, whether they approve of us. And so we end up getting this this formula, if you, can in, if you can picture this formula, you know, A plus B equals C. Well, we get this, others' opinions plus my performance equals my self-worth. Wow. That means that every day I wake up and I hope that people like me and that I perform well enough to feel good about myself. So I never really get the foundational feeling that I'm really okay. And imagine what that does to the relationship that you are desiring to have. If you are constantly getting your self-worth, self-concept, self-esteem from how others feel about you and how well you perform, you can't really relax and be yourself for one. You're also going to be a lot more dependent and a lot more needy and a lot more fragile. So what we want is to change this formula. We want it to be God's opinion plus Jesus' behavior equals my worth and value. So God's opinion of me and the performance of Jesus is where I get my worth and my value from. So that when I go into these different relationships, seeking out that significant person, that person that maybe I want to spend the rest of my life with, I'm going into that relationship with my worth and value intact. That it isn't something that is decided from moment to moment or day to day. It is just a static issue. I am a person of worth and a person of value and it has nothing to do with how you think about me, your opinion of me, or whether I'm performing at peak, peak performance. Because that doesn't affect worth and value. Now, it doesn't mean that it, that it doesn't hurt or that it's not uncomfortable if someone's upset with me or if I don't perform at the, at the level that I would, I would like. But I can't let my worth and value be determined by that. Because then what happens is I get into this have-to mentality, this coulda, shoulda, woulda mentality. So it's imperative that we really recognize what this whole idea of worth, self-worth, self-esteem concept, how that affects my relationships, how that affects my most significant, most intimate relationships with others, and asking God to heal that process. This is Cynthia Hight with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment. As we finish up this idea of relationship with ourself and self worth, I hear the whispers in my throat. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. And make sure that you visit my uh, Facebook page, like my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. And that will give you lots of information about where I'm speaking or singing. It also will give you some daily devotions, uh, some insights, just some inspirational things. And also visit my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. I also love to be a keynote speaker for one of your events and so if any of these topics m- you may feel would be helpful, you can also look at the website, and it has a list of lectures that I give um, if you are not having a topic that you have in mind. So we're going to jump right back into this, and we are going to finish this particular, um, this particular lecture on self-worth, self-esteem, and my relationship with myself, and how my relationship with myself directly affects the success of the relationships I have outside of myself and that my relationship with God, my relationship with self are the most important relationships I can have because of how they directly affect the success of the relationship I have with others. So we were looking at this whole idea of self worth and self esteem. And I want you to think about the concept when we think about value and, and that our, our worth, our value are not to be contingent on others' opinions and our own performance. How we look, how we perform, how others think about us. And so I want to give you this concept, and we've talked about this in previous shows, of a hundred dollar bill. And if I were to crumble up a hundred dollar bill and hand it to you, I think you would still want it. You just kind of smooth it out. Still worth a hundred dollars. Well, what if I spit on it? That's kind of gross. But what if I spit on it? Well, it's still a hundred dollars. Clean it up. Well, what if, I, uh, what if that money was spent gambling or what if that money was spent at a strip club? Well, it's still $100. doesn't really matter where, where it was, where it's been. Well, what if that money, um, what if you found it in a dumpster and it had old food and, I don't know, cat litter? Oh, I mean, it's just kind of gross. But you saw a $100 bill down in that. What would you, I mean, you get like, I don't know, surgical gloves, a stick. You dig it out and wash it off and clean it up, right? It's $100. So I want you to think about that when you think about your own worth, your own self-concept, that you are a value. That value cannot be diminished or increased by anything that you do, anywhere you've been, anything that has happened to you. Just like a $100 bills is still $100, regardless of how tattered and worn, how dirty it is, where it's been, what it's been used for, It is still $100. And it's imperative that as you are making that friendship with yourself, making peace with yourself, that you are reminding yourself that whatever happens to me during the day, whatever anyone thinks, whatever anyone does to me, however I perform, whatever that might be, has nothing to do with my inherent value. That that cannot be stolen. See, the enemy wants you to think that can be stolen. Because if he can cause you to think that can be stolen from you or that can be changed, you will get into performance-oriented behavior. And that's a clinical term for people that that are constantly performing in order to get those good feelings about themselves. So how do I go about repairing self-worth, self-esteem issues with myself and building that sense of worth and, and really actualizing it or experiencing it based on God and and Jesus Christ and how they feel about me and what they've done for me because of how they feel about me. So first of all, I want to acknowledge the problems that are produced by having that negative self-concept, by believing those lies. And, And as I acknowledge those, I'm going to have to forgive myself of all those mistakes. I'm going to have to be a really good friend. I'm going to have to be Jesus to me. And work on that reconciliation of forgiving myself for whatever it is that I think that I've done, no matter how big, no matter how small. That God forgives it all. And he says to us very, very frankly, who are you to withhold forgiveness? If I have forgiven, then you forgive. So he doesn't ask my opinion on whether I think I deserve forgiveness because nobody deserves to be forgiven. If, if we deserved it, we wouldn't have to forgive anything. So God is saying, I have forgiven you. You are to follow my lead and forgive you. And so we let go also of pathological shoulds. And that's, I should be a perfect friend. I should be a perfect Christian. I should be a perfect lover. I should be more beautiful. I should never make mistakes. I should always put others first. I should, I should, I should, I should. I should weigh less. I should weigh more. I should be more educated. I should, whatever the should is, that we let go of those pathological shoulds and realize that those are lies that tear down my ability to realize my own value. And so secondly, I believe that loving myself is acceptable and required by God. That he says you are to love your neighbor as yourself. So am I loving myself the way I would love the neighbor, my friends, my family, a person on the street. Am I extending the same grace and mercy to myself as I would to them? And he's also saying that you love your enemies. So if you're an enemy, if you consider yourself an enemy, you need to love you because that's what God is requiring. That's how God feels. So I'm believing and loving, believing that loving myself is acceptable to God and required. And so I learn to accept compliments. I identify and I reinforce positive qualities. This doesn't mean I'm being egocentric. It simply means that I'm being supportive of myself the same way that you want your friends and family and coworkers to be. You are extending that same process to yourself because you're with yourself all the time. If I give that to myself, I need less of it from others. It's important to realize if I'm giving myself all these things that I need, that encouragement, the forgiveness, the support, the grace, the mercy, the understanding, then I need less of it from others, which makes me a lot easier to be around. So I acknowledge and I enjoy my accomplishments. So I really enjoy the things I do well, just as much as everybody else may be enjoying them. I let myself enjoy them as well. And I really work on reprogramming what we call those old tapes, or that old chatter, that ongoing critical spirit that I might have inside of me toward myself. And I really, really work at undoing that and asking God to renew my mind. And I take captive all those thoughts that exalt themselves and make themselves more important than how Jesus and God feel about me. And I believe that God chooses to need me that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, that he wants to live in me, that he's chosen humans to make himself known to the world, that he needs me to love others so that he can love others through me. He needs a human body to let other humans experience him in the flesh. And I discover my place in the body of Christ. So I'm identifying my gifts and I'm realistic about who I am and I know my limitations and I'm not condemnatory or critical about my limitations or capacity. That I really accept who God has made and I don't complain about how he made me. And I validate myself, affirm my own worth. That does not mean, again, that I'm being egotistical. That means that I'm being a good caregiver to me because I am with me all the time. So when I am healing that relationship with self, so that I go out into the world and I'm better at relating, I'm easier to be with, I'm more loving, I'm more kind, I'm less judgmental. One of the things that I'm doing is that I'm affirming my own self-worth. I'm agreeing with God about who he says I am, so that I need less of that outside of me. So I'm not putting the people in my life in the position to be doing all of that caretaking for me. That I am my own caretaker. I am my own caregiver. And I'm realizing that my feelings are important because they're a part of my identity. And there's nothing wrong with using affirmations. Writing down those truths that God tells us about who we are. And really letting them soak into our very being. I make more realistic demands on myself. This is how I have good relationship with me. See, the more unrealistic I am with me, the more unrealistic I am with other people. The more unrealistic I am with me, the less successful I'm able to be. The more angry I'm going to be at myself. I'm going to then, in turn, put that on others. So I'm going to be unrealistic about what I expect from them. Either expecting more grace and mercy than what's realistic expecting more uh, attention or time, whatever that, or, or whatever it is that I'm needing them to do for me in my life, for my life. So I want to really make sure that I'm understanding realistic demands on me so that I can do that very same thing with others. It also happens in the inverse, that if I have unrealistic demands on myself, sometimes I, I expect nothing from others, which is not healthy for them either. And so I let go of perfectionism and I learned to be assertive for me the same way that I would be assertive if I was taking care of my own child, the same way I'm assertive when I'm taking care of those people in my life that I love. I do the same for me. And I welcome the truth about myself and the truth, both positive and negative. This is how I heal from the assault on my self-worth. And self-esteem I work on increasing the tolerance for negative things about me to hear things about me that might be negative knowing they have nothing to do with my worth and value I practice being able to hear the good things about me and take them in gracious graciously and enjoy hearing them and letting them build me up we need those positive things in our life the world assaults us on an ongoing basis So I welcome the truth and I respond to criticism in a healthy manner and I live out my own value system. This is imperative when we are in a dating process that we don't forsake, we don't uh, break our own value system. Anytime you go against your own value system, you're going to feel bad about yourself. So if you've decided that there are certain things that are no for you, certain things that that you don't adhere to, that you're not comfortable with, and you compromise, that's going to directly affect how you feel about you. I make sure that I live with God's love and forgiveness, and I implement it so that it heals me from toxic shame. I accept God's grace, and I remember it's a process. And again, we learn to parent ourselves. I learn to be that good bomb to me. What does that look like? I'm with me all the time. And I give of myself then in healthy ways. And I release my own creativity. I act courageously and take risks. I'm willing to connect with others. And so I really meditate on who I am in Christ. Because see, children determine how they feel about themselves based on what others tell them about themselves. What do you tell you about yourself? Is it true? Is it realistic? Is it kind? Is it Christ-like? And then lastly, we be patient in the process of learning. We be patient in the process of learning to love ourselves. If anything that you get from this show, if you get nothing other than practicing the love chapter with yourself so you are better able to do that with others, you will directly impact your relationships profoundly. You will, be, you will be much better able to discern while you're dating who is a good match for you. You'll be much more gracious with them if they are not a good match for you. You'll be much more gracious with yourself if they don't feel that you're a good match for them. You'll have that much more resiliency and tolerance to continue to be willing to connect even when it's uncomfortable. I'm so glad you joined me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next week. And again, please visit my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. And my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And God bless your week. We
0: hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you.